It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. Stockton women's soccer program, they've got a big match tonight, but it has been a big week, including a major national award, a very prestigious one from the NAIA for Tyler's Keeper. So we'll talk a little bit about that and what that means for not just the program, but the institution at Culver Stockton in terms of prestige. Now let's get into the football last night. If you missed it, again, the passes were flying everywhere around the city of Quincy. Quincy High School last night scores 32 unanswered points on Galesburg to build a 32 to nothing lead going into the third quarter, only to have to hold off the streaks in what turned out to be probably a little bit more of a thrilling, exciting game than Rick Little ever wanted or intended. 32-26 was the final. Uh, the Blue Devils, as I mentioned, led 32 to nothing going into the third quarter. Lucas Reese stepped up huge last night at quarterback. He's been good, but last night was a very special effort because a Dante Kreider lasted just two running plays, and then I'm told strained a knee ligament. We don't know the extent or the damage of that yet, but looks like he may miss some time. He missed time last night, so Lucas Reese took over 24 of 33 passing, 219 yards, and four first-half touchdowns. He was really good. Cole Parkhill added a 65-yard pick six. To help the Blue Devils reach that 32. They're now currently 3-1 and one on the season as they get ready to make the road trip coming up to Sterling next week. Also last night across town, it was the Ike Wiley show for Quincy Notre Dame in a 76-6 win over West Hancock. Wiley last night, 21-24 of 24 passing, 317 yards, a school record, 8 touchdown passes. He actually shattered the record in the first half with 7 there. He also rushed last night 4 times for 91 yards, had a big 50 yarder in the first half to get things going. Man, it was fun to watch Ike Wiley slinging it last night. Johnny Onimus added a 75-yard kickoff return for touchdown. Grant Heyer had three of those receiving touchdowns as Quincy Notre Dame improves to 3-1, and one, their last of the four-game homestand as they go on the road to Granite City next week. Elsewhere in the state of Illinois, Kankakee jumps all over Macomb 48-0 to drop the Bombers to 0-4 in the season. Pittsfield played hard last night against North Mac, ends up losing a 26-10 decision. In the defensive battle of the night, it was Rushville Industry 8 to nothing over Bushnell West Prairie. Alane West falls at home to A-Town 32-22. Camp Point Central continues to get that running game untracked last night, beating up on Jacksonville Route 55-6. Brandon Rossmiller, yet again, had just six carries last night, but translated them to 120 yards and two touchdowns and added a third touchdown on an 83-yard kickoff return. Unity Payson rallies back last night on a fine passing night from Austin Cornwell. Man, the passes were flying all over Adams County. Cornwell, 16 of 23 passing for 284 yards and two touchdowns in a 23 to 14 victory. Cornwell had two of his receivers, Brett Bristow and Jacob Presser, go for over 100 last night. Greenfield Northwestern, a 20-6 winner last night over West Central. Beardstown gets the big-time scoring effort and victory over Brown County in Mount Sterling, 46-24. Pascal Gilavogi, 16 carries, 248 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He's every bit as good as advertised. And that wraps up the Illinois schedule last night. Big night last night in Missouri for the Hannibal Pirates, who finally got off the schneid, beat up on Mexico, and basically unleashed about three weeks' worth of angst on the Bulldogs, winning 46-4. 14. Ashton Watts, neat story, his first ever varsity play, 
An 18-yard scoop-and-score fumble. That's uh, pretty fun for him. Damian French last night, 20 carries, 119 yards, and three touchdowns in the win. In what turned out to be the game of the night, we thought it would be going in. We just never saw it being a game that produced 87 combined points. Monroe City holds off Macon 46-41 to in a game that saw over 1,000 yards of total offense. Monroe City had 518 of those, including 459 on the ground. Keenan Batzel leading the way with 255 and two touchdowns. But the story for Monroe City, Antoine Battle, 10 carries, 154 yards, and the game-winning touchdown in that one to take out formerly unbeaten and ninth-ranked Macon, again, 46 to, uh, in that one, 46 to 41. Big win last night for Palmyra. Wade Begley stepping up big again on the road in Shelbina, leading the Panthers to a 28 to 8 victory. Begley, 19 carries, 174 on the ground and two touchdowns. Clark County got tested last night, tested big time by a Kirksville team that has been all over the map in the early season. Good Kirksville showed up last night. Fortunately, that Clark County defense was good enough to keep them at bay. 14 to 12 was your final there. Undefeated Centralia, number one team in our region, showed every bit of that last night, beating Highland 51 to nothing and outgaining the Cougars 525 yards to 42 yards in the offing. North Shelby tunes up for a huge showdown this week with state-ranked North Andrew by beating Bramer Breckenridge 54 to nothing. That game was so lopsided they stopped it at halftime. Date Metis, three carries, 47 yards and two touchdowns. Even Geisendorfer, four carries. Averaged 25 yards a pop at 100 yards and had two touchdowns. Also last night, thrilling game over in Paris, Missouri, as Knox County continues its hot start, taking down the Paris Coyotes 14-12. to Branson Miller, both rushing touchdowns in that one for the victor. Scotland County, and we mentioned we've got Troy Carper coming up in just a second in the Cheddar Bowl last night. Scotland County takes out Schuyler County 42 to nothing. Hayden Long, that outstanding young quarterback for the second straight week, four passing touchdowns. He also added 110 rushing yards as well as the Tigers are now 3-1 and one on the season, and they have been as impressive as anyone in Northeast Missouri. Tough loss last night for the Bowling Green Bobcats to Montgomery County at home, 37-33. Mark Twain had a 12-6 lead on South Callaway in an upset bid at the half and ends up losing in Mocaine 20-12 ultimately. And Herman, a winner last night over Louisiana, 56-14 was your final there. In Iowa, Keokuk is now 11 and 0 for the first, or excuse me, 4 and 0 for the first time since 2011 as the uh, Chiefs beat Centerville last night 49 to 13. Corey Skinner big again at quarterback, 11 of 20 passing, 152 and three touchdowns. Oh man, what a night for Anthony Potrots as well. Four catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. He also added a pick six interception tonight. Ty J. Mueller with a pick six as well. Keokuk is the deal. They'll go on the road. Big game this week at Washington. Fort Madison with a nice win last night. An injury-riddled Fort Madison team takes down Burlington 28-6. The Hounds are now 3-1 on the season as well. Will Larson steps up big at quarterback, 18-27 of 27 passing, 227, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And finally in football, West Burlington-Notre Dame keeps Central Lee winless 27-6. Also had some soccer last night. The GLVC, Quincy University, no problems on the road on the men's or women's side. Men's side, 5 to nil. Aubrey Reese with a hat trick last night. Also on the women's side, QUNC. 2-1 to one in that one. In golf triangular action, Pittsfield takes down Southeastern and Western. Uh, the Pittsfield squad scored 185. Cade Tomhave was your medalist with a 39. All right, we're going to talk some football with the Tiger boss, Troy Carper, Palmyra alum himself, coming up next on the Saturday Morning Ticket.
Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. The Scotland County Tigers are the talk of Northeast Missouri football, off to a great start, back-to-back win, big wins over Paris, and, and last night over uh, a pretty decent Schuyler County team, so obviously Scotland County's rolling. Troy Carper, their head coach, joins us now, and first of all, Troy, you kind of told me in the preseason, you had some inclinations, despite all the graduation losses, and as young as you were going to profile in your skill positions, that this team, if it clicked, had a chance to be pretty good. What have you liked about what you've saw in that maturation process with your kids so far? Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we knew all along that we had some athletes that, that could are possible and they could do some big things for us. And uh, it all depended on getting, you know, five offensive linemen um, up front to click and, and do their thing. And, you know, they're still learning and making mistakes, but uh, that's part of it. And, you know, we're winning football games and they're growing up. So uh, good things are happening. Is confidence a big part of that, Troy? Because I, I know last week particularly there had been a lot of talk about Paris. To, to be able to, to kind of get a win like that and spin it forward, because I know you've got a much tougher portion of the schedule still to come, how much did that confidence boost that you've kind of gotten carry over? Oh, you know, that's huge. It, it started in week one, you know, playing with Marceline close, and, and we feel like we let one get away from us. We made mistakes, and, uh, you know, that that's one that we really built off of. And, and those kids really – Noticed, you know, in week one that, you know, we could play with anybody. And to be honest, it really started at the Jamboree when we went toe-to-toe with uh, Monroe City and, and moved the ball and did great things. So it's been building throughout the year. And, you know, it's exciting to watch these kids just start to click and play as a unit and uh, play for each other. Yeah, I couldn't get Jed Beecham to shut up about you guys after he saw you at the Jamboree and he's adopted you as his new favorite team. And a lot of that has been a function of watching the Long Twins go to work. They're sophomores. Hayden is the quarterback and, and obviously his second straight um, passing game of four touchdowns. Uh, he's been huge. Uh, the Longs have been very good for you. They're, they're already drawing hockey comparisons. Uh, fair or unfair at this point, or are we too early on that? No, no, they're great kids, and, you know, we've, we've known that all along, and that was some of the things watching over the summer, you know, these guys are going to be good, and, you know, it all started back when they were in seventh grade, and Jaden Manders was in eighth grade, and just some of the things they could do in junior high football was, you know, you don't take a lot from junior high, but those guys, they were a dynamic um, threesome, and they made things happen, and we knew that was coming, and, um, you know, Hayden made it to state as a freshman in four sports, or four uh uh, things for track for events. So we knew that he, you know, he's, he's a big timer. He can do, make big plays and, and Alex is the same way and they're competitive and they push each other and, you know, they're just great kids to have. And you touched on that. I mean, he had big shoes to step into because Will Fromm was as good a quarterback as there was in our area. Um, obviously, you have some leadership, and it exists not only at the lower levels with sophomores who don't play like sophomores, but you've got some guys who really carry themselves the right way. And, I, you know, obviously a Parker triplet comes to mind. What's it like to have that sort of mature influence on a team that does have a lot of young components? Yeah, you know, we're, we're you know, lucky or not. I mean, we have two seniors that start and go both ways, Branton Burris and, and Parker Triplett, and those guys are outstanding. They've been with me four years. Uh, they understand what's going on. They understand what I expect. You know, they're great kids, and, and they, we, they want them guys below them to, to do the right things and continue to build on the foundation that's been laid. And, uh, you know, Parker, he, he's, he's really stepped up and stayed positive and really brought those guys along, and, and Branton's the same way. You know, Branton's converted from being an offensive lineman to fullback, and, you know, it's been a learning curve for him. But, um Parker, he just keeps everybody in, in check and makes sure that things are clicking at practice. 
You had some changes. Obviously, you lost a pretty darn good offensive coordinator in the offseason, and yet you found a pretty free and quick identity, which I, I think speaks volumes about the adaptability of these kids as well, that you've you've kind of found a little bit of your own niche. Is, is that fair, Troy? Yeah, you know, Kyle, Coach Ellison, he left us. He, he let me know earlier in the last year that, you know, and we, we hate to lose him and we still stay in contact. And, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do right now is still – still got some Kyle Ellison in it and, and we always will have that and I still you know we still talk football on the weekends and I still say hey if we get this what would you have done last year and, and but yeah uh we I put together the offense I knew it was coming so I started early on it late season last season and just knowing the kids that we have coming back and um we had to do something a little different but um there's still a lot of Kyle Ellison left in it. The defenses across the board in the Lewis and Clark have been very good, and maybe surprisingly so in the case of like a Paris, who I, I know you saw last week, and, and they're big and physical. Uh, obviously, you still have Knox County on the horizon, who has Robert Mock and a lot of good pieces. I mean, you're only going to go as far as your defense carries you in this conference. Your defense has been really very active and, and pretty darn good early on. How proud are you of that unit, and what's kind of been the key to that success, Troy? You know, I think defensively, we just got 11 guys that love to hit. And, you know, when you're talking Robert Mock, that kid loves to hit. And I'll put him and Brett Burns, probably, and Colby Sims from Marshall You got, if you could put them, those three on a green team, you're going to have a really good linebacking corner. And, and, you know, we've seen Colby Sims from Marshall and the Mock, where I know, I, you know, he's the best, one of the best in the conference. And, you know, our defense just loves to hit people. And, you know, the surprising thing is we have a freshman starting at corner for us, and Owen Triple, he caught a touchdown last night on offense, and he'll get things clicking. Um, he had an interception last night on defense, and he, he just really stepped in and did his job, and um, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, our secondary is really where everything starts and goes, I think. Um, we had a move in at Xavier Lucas. He, he plays, he starts corner for us as well. So there's just been some major movement on that, and, uh, you know, the kids just love to fly around, 11 hatch the ball things going to happen. This week seems to me with Salisbury coming into your place like a really important bridge week for you to get to where you want to be because as we mentioned there are there are some big tests ahead of you and you've got this nice swell of momentum working. How critical is focusing on this week and and spinning this thing forward? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's homecoming and as, as a coach, a lot of coaches homecoming is you know, it's kind of headache. They got some things going on, a lot of distractions and you know, but I still want our kids to be kids and enjoy that stuff because, you know, when we were in school, we did the same thing. So um, we just got to stay, you know, focused on the task at hand, keep our eyes on the prize, and uh, make sure that we prepare properly for Salisbury and give me, you know, some good practice Monday through Thursday and, and then show up on Friday and do our jobs. Troy Carper, excellent job thus far to you and your Tigers. Awfully fun to, to watch that team and to see those highlights last week against Paris. You, you guys put on a heck of a show, so keep up the good work. Well, thank you. And that was Troy Carper from the Scotland County Tigers. When we come back, we're going to talk some Culver Stockton women's soccer with Tyler Tomlinson. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. He is a man of many parts, that Tyler Tomlinson. Some of you know him as the head coach of the women's soccer program at Culver Stockton, but he's oh so much more than that. Historically, he is the big shot Bob of Quincy High basketball, a phenomenal soccer player in his own right, a fantastic broadcaster, but most importantly, 
father to the most talented Christmas card reviewer in the entire Tri-States, Tyler Tomlinson, everybody. Good to have you with us, good sir. I'm, I'm glad I've known as that now because it's, it's good to get away. Like, hey, are you Desi's dad? Yeah, that's me. Hey, you've created quite a niche for yourselves. That's awesome. Maybe my favorite entertainment of the holiday season is you and Desi reviewing Christmas cards. Well, we'll see if it wears out. It's uh, it's welcome. This this may be the last year, but we're gonna we're gonna get to it this Christmas as well. well let's talk a little bit about your soccer squad. And before we get to the big match tonight, which I know has an important charity component for you, huge week on campus for Culver Stockton women's soccer and for the institution in general. Uh, your fabulous goalkeeper Keely Bitsis ends up winning one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious, award in the NAIA. First one ever from your institution. Boys or girls, men or women, I should say, the A.O. Dewar Award, no relation. What is, what is this kind of honor at uh, this level where she'll be awarded nationally in Kansas City a little later this year? Mm-hmm. What does this do for the institution, and what does it say about your keeper? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, it, it says a lot of good things about Culver Stockton College. Uh, the process just, you know, for the nomination alone, uh, there has to be a lot of people involved. Uh, I'm not allowed to even interject my opinion about Keeley. So uh, it has to be so many faculty uh, letters written on her behalf, administration letters written on her behalf. Um, and, of course, you know, she has to do all of the work uh, as well. So it was a big process for the school, uh, but I think it reflects very well on the institution that uh, someone of Keeley's stature, both in the classroom and, and on the field, can be recognized and, and that she had the chance to, to be this student that was named out of, you know, all the athletes in the, in the United States for NAIA and all sports. So I think it reflects well in the college just that we've kind of produced uh, someone that has the capability of winning an award like this. And, you know, that's first and foremost. And then, you know, secondly, uh, Keely deserves it. Uh, she really does. She's very diligent in her studies. Uh, she's very, um, diligent in her work ethic to get better uh, as a player. So both of those things combined have kind of, you know, put together what I think is a a really great example of of a student-athlete. You talk about total personhood, and I know she's heavily involved in your charity component tonight. It is Field of Dreams night tonight, Uganda night, uh, when you take on Graceland at 5 o'clock. What's that about, Tyler, for people who don't understand? Yeah, so it's a not-for-profit. Um, it actually does have a, a Quincy connection uh, with the Stevenson family. Uh, they're heavily involved. Uh, but ultimately, um, what Field of Dreams Uganda is trying to do is, is take the sport of soccer uh, first and foremost and be able to provide that outlet uh, for kids in Uganda. But then from there, it's, it's turned into so much more uh, about providing proper education, proper uh, structures, just so education can happen. Um, It's providing uh, proper feminine care to a lot of females, uh, young females in Uganda. That's, you know, something that people don't want to talk about and overlooked. Uh, And it's a project that they've taken on as well in the past. Um, And I I know the biggest component for us in the last couple of years to help out was, you know, we need to get more sports bras. Um, And so, that's obviously been one of the things that we're collecting at the game. But, you know, ultimately we're asking our uh, fans and students at, at Culver to uh, give us what they can kind of athletic gear-wise. Give us your shorts and, 
and your shirts and maybe some longer socks that could fit shin guards in there, uh, sports bras, um, and, and clothing that you can provide to give others an opportunity to, you know, play a sport that, that we all love and, and have the same experience that, that we can give them. And I mean, we've donated our old jerseys each year and soccer balls and things like that that we know we can control as a team. So, yeah, it's been a good partnership. Um, we've even talked about getting a, uh, a travel study course, one of our experiential learning courses, uh, in our three-week session to, to possibly go there. And we're still working out the details on that. So a lot of interesting things with this uh, not-for-profit, but we're happy that we've made that connection and, and we're happy to help them out tonight. Well, the folks who show up tonight are not only going to have a chance to be a part of a very good, as you mentioned, charitable event, but they're going to have a chance to see some really good women's soccer because you guys, at last check, I think you were, what, 8-1, and 7-1, and one, something like that at this point, and playing some great soccer at this point. What's gone right with your crew? Yeah, we're 7-1 we're and one so far. Um, I think one of the, the key components for us has been, has been depth, um, you know, I, I can tell you this. We, you know, we had our first conference road game on Wednesday, and um, one of our starters, um, Lance Caparos, it was the first game she missed. She had just some weird quad thing kind of flare up, um, and, and she missed that game. And uh, our leading goal scorer from last year, Fran Frasca, she missed the game. She had a little muscle injury, um, and then you know we had a third player, or, or one of our wingbacks, missed the game. So. We plugged in three other players, uh, went on the road, and, and still got the job done. And you know, I don't know if in years past we can do that. Um, so that that depth for us has been really important. Um, the chemistry has been r- really solid. Uh, the girls get along really well. They're, they're a pretty goofy bunch, um, maybe reflective of their coach, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, you know, they, they they've been. They've been resilient in a lot of different areas, and they've been adaptable. And I think those two things uh, can become pretty handy as the season moves on. You've seen this program grow, and and you've stayed, and obviously you're an alum, and you're invested. And from the outside looking in, it seems like at this particular moment in time, Culver Stockton has a wonderful group of coaches who have a great camaraderie with not only their teams but with one another. That that atmosphere, that sort of ecosystem matters, doesn't it, Tyler? (laughs) Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Um, I, I, I'm pretty vocal about saying that I, I think the college is pretty lucky right now with this group of coaches that it has. Um, you know, one, first and foremost, they, they provide a good experience for the kids. And I think that's, you know, when you're starting to look at, hey, what college should I go to, you're going to want your child to have the best experience they can have. And I think that's one of the number one things all our coaches provide. Two, you know, we, we can recruit, you know. Uh, we're personable people. A lot of the coaches uh, are, are people that connect well with others, and you know that's going to get uh, more student athletes, better student athletes. Um, and then, yeah, finally, I think we all get along with each other, and, and that's what that's what's a fun part of it. And you know, yesterday, even for me, you know, going to work was fun. I had a great day at work yesterday, um, and it was it's, it's not just like hey, you're just with the soccer coaches. You know, we were goofing around in the baseball coaches' office with the with the women's lacrosse coach, you know. And so it's just uh, a good group of people that, that we all enjoy being around each other, and the, the, the students can tell that, you know. And so for us, it's it's a good environment. And, you know, you know that's important, too. You know, I've, I've been in a newsroom with you, and I you know, really enjoyed it. And, you know, it makes coming to work a lot easier and more fun. 
It certainly does when you're around people who are having a good time, and you're certainly around a soccer squad that's doing some nice things right now. Five o'clock for you guys tonight. You guys should beat the weather. I'm not so sure the men will have the same luxury, but (laughs) obviously wish you a big crowd tonight and continued success, Tyler. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Awesome, Doctor. Thanks for the call. Always a pleasure to talk to Tyler Tomlinson again. And if you have no plans tonight, great night to get out to Canton and watch some great women's soccer. We're all out of time. Huge week five coming up. The schedule is loaded next week. Can't wait to break it down with the best coaches in our area. Again, thanks, everybody, for joining us for the Saturday Morning Ticket. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.